you've ever been stuck in your marketing or your small business and you don't know how to get unstuck from that and it's a thing that's happening over and over again or maybe even today you're feeling stuck, well, this podcast is for you. My name is Rachel Claver. I'm your host of Mappet Marketing, the marketing podcast for small business owners. And I really want to help you find some simple tools to help you learn problem-solving techniques that you could use yourself. These are all ones that I first learned 30 years ago when I was training to be a primary school teacher. I've used them with myself, the six-year-olds, with my kids, with my team, and with heaps of my clients. All of these are ones I use all the time when I'm running a strategy and trying to get people through a block or through something to help them think in a new way. We're covering the 10 tools that I learned when I was training and ones that I still use today. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We'll get started and thank you for joining in. Welcome, this is Mappet Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome, just adjusting my collar there, welcome to this episode of Map It Marketing. Um, I almost said 100 episodes, which is crazy for me. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to my podcast before, I am your host, Rachel Claver. I have ADHD and I am known for having great ideas of things I want to do, not so well known for maintaining those ideas. I can get bored easily and I think that this has become one of my major passions and loves. I am so incredibly touched every time someone comes and gives me a little bit of feedback, um, even if it's not 100% great feedback. That hasn't really happened, to be honest, but um, much. I think it might happen once. Um, but, you know, people don't tend to tell you they hate you to your face. Uh, but I do get a lot of lovely feedback and, and people who've become clients and have come in and have listened to podcasts and referred to them and and shared their their feedback and their ideas. It's just been the most powerful thing. Um, in the introduction, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about problem solving today. I talk to a lot of small business owners when I'm doing strategies with them and when I'm doing coaching, obviously, with my coaching clients in the Content Master Web. And I've worked with over a thousand uh, businesses, small businesses over the years in their marketing and actually in their businesses because we look at things so holistically. And did I, did I start something and then not finish it? Anyway, um, so so I, I'm just suddenly realized, did I start saying something about the ADHD? But I, yeah, I'm amazed that I stuck. I'm amazed I've stuck with it, and it's because you've been amazing. Let me get back to the problem solving. You know what? I'm really nervous because I've got a list of stuff here. I've got 10 points, and I have a total fear of lists because I did a podcast quite a few episodes before, and it was a nightmare. There were 13 points, and I lost them halfway through. And then I've talked about it, which has made it bigger on my head. So I have a highlighter. Um, I'm going to highlight my points as they go on so that because I'm not going to do them in order, make my life difficult for myself. Um, all right. So let's get back to what I was saying about problem solving. So I've worked with over a thousand small business owners um, one to one and then literally thousands of people in bigger groups. And the one thing that I know is that you have to use problem solving to shift that quite often people come and see me for a strategy and think that the strategy is going to fix it, but it doesn't because there's behavior shifts, there's mindset shifts, there's things that are broken in the way that we see our businesses that often someone outside can see easily. 
you know, recently I was working with someone and we talked about what the income should be. And they're still in that stage where break-even is the income that they're looking at, which is really broken in terms of building a business long-term because if you're always focusing on break-even, we can't solve the problem of why it's not getting to the profitable stage. Um, there might be problems around why a product isn't selling, uh, why you're not you're doing marketing and it, it's just not working. And it's so easy for us to blame a platform. Oh, it's Instagram's fault or the algorithm hates me. Uh, my favorite one is I've been shadow banned. It's, it's just not a thing, guys. It's just not a thing. Um, or, you know, it could be that Meta destroys your um, access to your Facebook group where you get hacked and you've got to problem solve that problem. Um, and it's so easy to get paralyzed. I am the queen of paralysis. Um, you know, I I just had to, I'm, I'm going, um, by the time this airs, I will have taken my uh, second, well, we're almost taking my second daughter um, to move to Wellington in a week's time. And I had forgotten um, in my ADHD way to book a accommodation uh for the night because I will not be staying in her flat and uh it took me an hour it shouldn't have taken me an hour but I get paralyzed I get paralyzed when there's too much choice I get paralyzed with decision making and I get paralyzed with you know where should it be like there's so many things that can stop us from making decisions but sometimes they are really big decisions that we have to make things like you know should I continue should I drop something um, how am I going to fix this problem in my business with my team member or things like that? And so here's some strategies that I use that I learned when I was a teacher that I still use all the time for me. And there's some that I work with better than others. Um, and we'll talk about them and I'll try and give examples all the way through. Uh, and they are also ones I use with my clients all the time. I don't say to them, hey, we're going to use the work backwards uh, brainstorming technique or something like that we don't I don't say that to them and often you need to use a combo of these ones for it to work really well but I do use them and so I wanted to share them with you because I sometimes forget that my training as a teacher isn't necessarily stuff that everybody got and it had lots of good stuff in it including this so we're going to talk about problem solving Right, so my favorite one, my very favorite one is the work backward stage. So we, that was actually number three on my list for those of you that are laughing along with me at home, but I'm going to go and highlight it now to know that I talked about it with you. Okay, so when you're looking at a problem, a marketing problem, a business problem, anything really, I find working backwards is really important. So the first step actually before this is to sneakily put in a little bit of dreaming first you know, looking at the big picture. So one of the biggest problems I have with small business owners um, in their business, not with the business owners themselves, is quite often when we've been under pressure for a long period of time, we've been struggling, it is really easy for us to stop looking at what we actually really wanted the business to be when we started. Or maybe life has changed and the world has changed and we have to shift it. We have to shift to something that was bigger. We might have had a child and life has become more expensive. And the goals that we said initially aren't the ones we do. And we can get, hope can kind of disappear a bit as well. So I often tell my small business owners that before we jump into problem solving, I need to know what the end goal is. And that means giving your permission, your brain permission to dream of what you really want. And I really want to talk about this before we jump into the problem solving, because I think that people often stop doing this. Um, you know, one of the things that Rod and I are doing at the moment is we know and decided, because I'm 
51. Um, and he's a couple of years older. Um, and we've said, you know, we want to be working towards a really healthy, sustainable business where we're not having to manage a huge team. We've been really specific about that. We've managed big teams before. It takes a lot of energy. Um, and I, with my ADHD ways, I can be a terrible boss um, because I blurt stuff out that they probably shouldn't blurt out. Um, I ask questions. I can um, I can be over-caring in a way that's poor for boundaries. Like, there's all this other stuff. And I'm also a really good boss because I can also be very caring and give it lots of grace and time and effort but there's lots of things that are good about me as a boss and bad but it takes a lot of energy for me and so we've we've decided that we'll keep our team quite small we have a lovely good team that we do have good relationships with who get that I've got ADHD so it helps and and so but we want to work four days a week long term maybe it would be two uh, three full days and two half days or one full day off um, and to be able to use that time to have more um time for like for rod or be golf um but may it might be painting or writing or things that really fill my creative soul and also some exercise and so i think that you know like we create this picture we talk a lot what, what our life looks like what does the day look like and really getting a full picture of that and then what i say to my business owners is to do that do that and then work backwards from that from that desired outcome and go what steps do we need to have in place for that what does that look like for my business what would I need to be doing if I'm only doing if I'm doing this how many hours could I be working with clients if that's how many hours I could be working with clients or on projects would I need to have another team member to do some things what support would I need what would I need in terms of um you know like income coming in for that to happen and that ratio between hours worked and, and income and so it starts to give you like a really clear picture and then your brain can start working backwards on that of does that line up with what we're currently doing how do we shift to make that work and that is a powerful way to change or solve a problem so instead of going I need to be more profitable and how do I become more profitable? Work out backwards where you're headed and what the goal is, because also it keeps you really motivated. If you know that that's the goal, everything you do is measuring towards that. Um, Rod and I are going to change, probably change cities in the next 12 months. Um, I have told some people, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast, so I probably have. I, you never know with me. Um, but but if I haven't, I'm not, not going to say now, um, but we uh, know that that's coming and it comes with a change of pace and it comes with a change of lifestyle and there's all those things. So everything that we do is working backwards to go forward. So we've walked backwards and gone, these are all the things that need to be in place for that. And then you're knocking them off and it makes it much easier to make decisions when an opportunity comes. You know, if I get asked to speak in that city, it's an instant yes, as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to see if it fits. It's a priority because it makes sense, right? So so that whole work backwards can really good is, is to do that. You can also do that with like thinking about goals. Like, you know, for me, um, YouTube, I want to have a thousand subscribers. I'm really not doing much about this. So I'm being a total hypocrite using this. But to do that, I have to sit back and think of what steps I need to get there. Well, I'll tell you a step I need to get there to do that. I have to make two videos a week. I know that that is one of my steps. However, I am ignoring that step at the moment. Just because you're making problem solving doesn't mean you're going to do it. Let's be honest. You still have to have the habit change. So that's one that I think is really good. Um, another one that I think is really useful and I'm going to share with you, um, and then this is number seven on my list, but we're going to share it with the second one, is that I, um, 
I believe sleeping on it is a powerful tool. I used to have to, if I have a big meeting, uh, and I used to be really ashamed of this, but I'm really happy to admit it. Um, I use sleep to process stuff. So if we have a really big meeting or a big, big discussion and I need to think about it, if I've got a big thing going on, I'll often have a 15 to 45 minute nap in the afternoon. And often I'll wake up from that and I have the solution. So sometimes just allowing your unconscious to do it. I also find that walking is the same, um, walking without my phone. So this morning I went for a walk in the rain, which is not really my favorite thing at the moment, but in Auckland, it's really the only options you get. Uh, and in summer, and I walked and came up with about five different things that were little problems that I hadn't realized were problems, including the fact that I needed to book my accommodation. And actually came up with my podcast for three weeks time. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I came up with my idea during that time. But I find that by letting my mind rest and just float away, it will solve the problems for me that I sometimes didn't even realize were the ones that were causing me an issue. Sometimes trying to focus on the problem doesn't help us. So taking a break with sleep or with walking um, moving your body is really good. I, I don't know where this research came from. It came from someone who told it to me. I don't have proof of it, but she talked a lot. Um, a person I used to work with talked a lot about how, you know, um, back before the um, the war revolution around, you know, automation and things like that, people used to have to walk home from war. There was no historical records then of signs of PTSD and that PTSD um, happened far more um, after World War One, where people were being shipped home in boats and things because you weren't able to walk it out. I do think that that walking, that act of walking can help us walk through and process emotions in ways that can help us relax to get things. So it is an option. And obviously, you can use these in conjunction. You could um, you could go for a walk or sleep on it thinking about your work backwards goal, right? So you can put these in conjunction. Um, another one that's obviously overused quite often, and I want to talk a little bit about it, is to get advice from your peers. Now, when it says peers, and this is number three, um, when it when it is peers, what I mean by that is I mean people in your industry. So I have a group, a small group of people in marketing who I deeply trust, who I'll go and ask questions of and get advice from. I think quite often this can get badly used. So for example, I see a lot of people asking for advice in Facebook groups. One, if you're asking people hoping that your target market, that's a really poor way of doing it because there's a whole lot of people in different Facebook groups. If you are going to do it, you need to be as specific as possible and remember that you don't know the people that are answering, whether they actually know what they're doing or not. So I prefer to get a small group of people that you trust. So obviously I'm lucky that I've got my coaching group that I run um, and they have got a circle of trust in there and they can ask questions in there of me, but also of each other. And one of the things I'm excited about this year is I'm going to start using some of the expertise in the group for them to run some coaching sessions. It feels a bit like a cheat because of course it's a session that I'm not running, um, but why not? Because it helps them develop as well. Um, and but learning to get advice from peers is really important. Selecting it's a selective thing. Don't don't canvas out widely. Learn to build relationships with people. And if you want to ask advice, you can always come and be part of the Mapit Marketing Group.
it's a great place to do it on Facebook and you can ask advice in there. And if I don't know the answer, other people don't. If I think someone's giving you terrible advice, I'll disagree with it. I'm bullshit. Um, but I will, I can give you advice in there too. So um, you can always do that. That is the place to come and get free advice from me if you ever need it. Um, or lots of other people. There's some other really great marketers in that group because I don't gatekeep my group to other marketers because there's some good people out there. All right, so that's number three. Um, the other one that you can do, which is a really simple one, is just use a solution that has worked before. If you've got something that's worked before, like, I don't know, taking everything apart and working and, and putting it together again, do that. Um, look at stuff that you've done before that are strategies that have worked and do them. If you found that going away for a weekend and just switching off solved the problem, try it again. I mean, obviously, if, if it's bankruptcy, maybe maybe that's not a good idea, but you know what I mean. Um, if you have um, if you have had a successful campaign before, replicate it. If some if you're like, I don't know why my TikTok's not going off, but you had a random viral video, try and copy as much of that as possible and see if that's going to fix it. So use a selection a solution that's worked before and note it down. So note your, this is why it's so important for us to note our successes. And then kind of nut out what was it about it that made it successful because I think that's really useful. You know, sometimes if I'm running an event and it's not it's not getting as many sales, I'll realize that I haven't done some of the marketing stuff that I did the last time, and I'm like, oh, well, I should have really done that. So I'm getting a lot better myself at documenting. So I sometimes run a little bit on instinct, ADHD, um, and so I'm becoming a lot better at documenting what I'm doing to get processes in place so we do the same stuff each time. So that's, that's number four. Number five is one of my favorites because I like ideas, is brainstorming. But I want to talk a little bit about brainstorming. When we brainstorm, the, one of the key things to do, that's number five, one of the, so we've got work backwards, we've got um, sleep on it, we've got get advice from your peers, use a solution that worked before, and now we're talking about brainstorming. I think one of the things that people make a mistake with brainstorming is that they try to regulate and monitor and curate their brainstorming list. My best idea for you is literally to put a timer on like 10 minutes and write the problem in the middle and then just write your whatever is going on in your brain, even if it doesn't seem connected. So allow your brain to float and relax to do this and just basically create a whole lot of stuff. You can also do this as um, with other people. Um, I offer, Brainstorming is something that Rod and I will often do. We have a set time once a month where we do a work on the business meeting together. And quite often there'll be a brainstorm in there with a problem and we'll note it down and get some ideas. And then from that, we'll pull the stuff. The key is that no idea is a bad idea left field things can sometimes lead to really good things and to allow yourself to put things down without trying to go oh that's a stupid idea that is that is the worst thing you can do during a brainstorming session if you're a shy person and you find it hard with problem solving you know using post-it notes and writing them on each post-it note and chucking them down somewhere so there's just a bunch of ones can actually be great quite a way of doing it and then you can schedule sort them out um, but brainstorming can really help break through and get great ideas um, and so you can do that, like thinking things through. And I think what's really important is with the brainstorming, it's not just the choices that you're making that you pull out of there, but it's also actively seeing the choices that you're choosing not to take. Um, and that's something, you know, when we were re in a really bad place about six or seven years ago, and we were really struggling about whether we'd continue on. Um, 
we wrote down all the bad things that you could also do, like all the ridiculously bad solutions um, that could be a solution. And this is a really good way to free up the brain and relax. So you can also do that. You know, what is all the bad things you can do can sometimes relax you into thinking about some of the good stuff. So brainstorming obviously is a good strategy as well. It's going to do with other people. Um, related to that, and this is really good for visual learners, number six is to draw the problem as well. So using white paper, a whiteboard or a paper, I also quite like this, is to actually just draw the problem out. So like actually kind of note it out and find the connectors, do like a web or like a, a mind map a little bit. But you can also use imagery um, and just kind of work it through. And you can also relax if you want to, if you are a drawer, to actually just kind of visualize it and see where things are. So you could go and think about like, I think this is quite good for things like funnels or, um, you know, when you're not getting enough customers and things like that, you could have a look at patterns and go, this was our marketing spend here and this is how many people came. But actually writing it out instead of in a chart formation, putting it and drawing it on, on a whiteboard can help you see those relationships as well. So that can be quite a good one, especially if you're a bit of a visual learner and someone who's quite tactile um, and kinesthetic because it can help you move around as you're doing it, which I really like. Um, another one that can be a bit dangerous um, and I think can only should really be used for short periods of time, um, this is number seven, is to use trial and error. Um, sometimes it is just a really good idea to try out strategies and see what works best. I would say these are better for those smaller areas like what's working on TikTok um, and what's working here. But I also think it can be a good idea for launching something. Um, I've recently talked to a couple of business owners who pulled something that they launched last year or even the year before and are feeling a bit of failure around it and feeling a bit disappointed that they haven't quite managed it. Um, but actually trial and error is a part of business. Uh, we try, have tried things that haven't worked. Uh, we've tried business models that haven't worked. And then you try one that is a new one that works and it's immediately right. And we, as some of you may know, we've changed a format for our Marketing strategies, we used to do two sessions and I'd write the strategy in between. I haven't enjoyed it for a long time that way. We've moved to doing it all written together with the client over six 90-minute sessions. And I will tell you, I am in love. I just absolutely, all my joy has come back from my work. Clients are getting a better result. Everything is better. Um, and I feel like I'm delivering a far better use of my skills plus it's getting much better conversion rates. When I describe what we do, we have a much higher conversion rate and we're getting better types of clients. So trial and error, we tried it. Now we could have tried it. And so what we did is we kept both options in the back pocket. So I had the old option in the back pocket. So if it hadn't worked, we would have switched back to the old one um, and then maybe adjusted and, and find things. So, you know, trying is really important to work out what works best and, and understanding what happens and then adjusting and, you know, we're kind of still in that transition period with it where we're ironing things out and like making sure that everything's just right. Um, but as we do that, I can really see that it's good. And, and it was a trial and it's worked really well. But we've had trials that have bombed, um, especially around initial um, online courses and things like that. We've had to like, it took us maybe five iterations before our online courses started really, really, really come and work properly. And that was using trial and error. What was working in the market? What wasn't? You can flip and change. It is the benefit of being a small business owner, which I think is really important. All right. The next one is using something called the Pareto, Pareto Principle. Um, this is number eight. 
Um, and I think this is one of those ones that is quite a businessy style one. So some of you may have heard of this one before. Um, but I think that this one, you know, I the Pareto's principle, which has been used by lots of people, um, you know, like there's things like, you know, 80% of the effects of weight loss comes from 20% of your um, of the way you live, right? Or something like that. Or 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. Or 80% of your success rate on your exercise pattern comes from 20% of your habits or whatever the thing is. Um, and so really when it comes to business, it's similar, you know, like if I look at 80% of the results, so like 80% of the results from our marketing comes from 20% of our efforts. This this is key for us and this is key for you. I rub it on all the time about how important it is to do email marketing. And my clients that I listen to me, thank you, you beautiful people, you know who you are, uh, they can see that putting more focus on that produces much better results. And then they can test and see what part of it happens. And you can slowly evolve and change by looking at what's getting better. So with the Pareto principle, what happens is we off, we look at, we can look at all our marketing and go, oh, it's growing. But what we need to do is look at that core 20% and go, how can we improve that? And also looking at that 80% and go, how can we remove some stuff from there to make it more effective as well? So that Pareto principle is basically just going, hey, look, let's go and grow the higher functioning thing, the strengths part of our business, and really build on that because that's going to give us the best results and then see how we can replicate that in different areas of our business as well. So it might be that you're having huge success in your email marketing or your Instagram, whatever, because you like the platform better or you actually show up on there on a regular basis or you have a plan for that but you have it on another platform which you're saying isn't working as well but you're not putting the same level of, of, of impact in so maybe if you just shifted that impact and attention into that space it would be better that's a Pareto principle at work um so that's number eight number nine is a bit of a tricky one I've saved the tricky ones to last although actually number 10 is the easiest let me just tell you number 10 is the easiest um, so number 10, oh, sorry, number nine, <laughs> miss out number nine. Number nine is another kind of method. It's called the Kipling method. And how this works is that you break down a problem into five parts. So this is a really good one to do methodically. So you'd go the what, the why, the who, the where, the how. So let's take this as an example, all right? So it might be, um, we. Um, I might be working with a business that is not, currently profitable okay so it can be what is the problem we're not getting enough um, sales in at the moment um, or sales leads in at the moment why are we not getting enough sales in well we're not actually going and making meetings and doing all that initial work that we need to do and there's a really cool book called four disciplines of execution by Stephen Covey which kind of uses this really well it's um, 40x which goes through and helps you choose the four actions that you've got to take on a regular basis to see results it's a really good process the book itself is dry as um we, we we're trained we've worked with businesses on how to use it we've used it ourselves in business um, but and, and the process of 40x is kind of like the McDonald's you know would you like fries with that just asking that question often gets an uptake 
um, or it doesn't anymore. I don't think anyone does it anymore. But that old thing, it's like finding that one question or that one behavior that changes things. It might be, you know, always checking a particular thing in the business every day, um, checking a stock thing because that stock is really important for this particular principle of profit or whatever. So there's all these kind of little things that you can do that just like little habits that break down. But you can go, what's the problem? The problem is that we don't have any sa enough sales coming in. Why don't we have enough sales? Because actually we're not getting enough leads coming in. Who's responsible for that? Well, um, this person's responsible for that and they are currently not putting any time into it. So this is a change that needs to happen in the business. Where is it needing to change? Well, it needs to change by that person actually actively making this amount of um, meetings and how are they going to do that? We're going to allocate some time for them to do that. We're going to prioritize it. We're going to reward them when they do that and we're going to get that habit change. So it's kind of like breaking down the problem into something that's much more sizable, finding someone to own it, knowing what the measurable things are going to happen to do it, and then fold it and help create more effective solutions. You can also do it in terms of, like, that's solving it, but you could also just look at the problem this way. What is the problem? Not enough sales. Why? Because they're not doing enough leads. Who? Who's responsible for that? This person's doing that. Where is it happening? Well, it's actually happening um, in a geographical area here, and it's happening across um, this particular time zone and how's it happening well it's happening because we're not prioritizing that time so you can also break it that way and then go through and solve each one of those problems as well um, and that's another way that you can use the Kipling method all right and then last one is number 10 all right and it's just really when you have a successful solution, when you've had success, and I mentioned this before around that whole thing around using trial and error and talking about that, when you've had success before, or using a solution that's before, when you've had that, add them in. When you know something's worked, note it down and understand that you've got it. And then you've got a strategy that you know that works. That's one of the reasons that work backwards is one of the strategies I use a lot. It's worked with so, so many other business owners and with me, I'm really confident in using it with someone and helping them do that. That's why brainstorming can work sometimes, but I wouldn't always use it. I wouldn't use it with someone who's like a big ideas person because you can get stuck in the brainstorming stage and I need them to take action. But I will pick and choose and use different ones across the way. I wonder which ones of these are ones that you feel that you could use. Are there ones that you go, oh, I think I need to start using a whiteboard and drawing and writing things out a bit better? Are there places where you go, yeah, I need to break things down? And and if, there, if you're a breaker downer and it's not working for you, maybe you need to go on the whole another front, look at the work backwards one. If you're stuck and you've been using the same old strategies, try another one in this podcast. Um, take a note of them, try a few of them out and see what happens. And I'd love to hear how you go. So do come and be part of the Mapit Marketing Group and, and work through. Um, next week, we've got Kate Nankerville coming. Um, I'm going to mention her in the outro as well. Um, she is one of my coaching clients and I absolutely adore her, but she's coming along to talk to us about LinkedIn and social selling because that is her strength, her complete strength. She is a star in that. Um, so yeah problem solving i hope that um, wherever you are today whatever problems you're facing they are solvable we all have choices and we just have to make those active choices if you also want to listen to someone who's recently had to solve a big problem about what to do her business um go back a couple of episodes to madam fancy pants claire terry and her story about choosing to close her cuba street store because it would be well worth a listen just around that and obviously there's a whole lot of other small business owners that have been on this podcast we also share about some of the blocks and challenges they've had and how they've solved problems. 
another one that springs to mind is an old oldie but a goodie um sarah from primrose and co talking about the problems she had around packaging um, and making sure that it was going to be recyclable and and fit in with her sustainability values in her business so that might also be worth Alison. all right have a great week it's lovely talking to you this week so now we've gone through the 10 different core problem solving techniques i wonder which one stood out to you come along and be part of the map it marketing group on facebook and let me know you can also come in there and ask any questions you want sometimes just having an ear and someone who you can ask questions of to get more information for can be the problem solving technique that you need which we didn't discuss today all right hope you have a great week next week we are talking to kate nankerville about social selling and LinkedIn. It's a super awesome thing. She changed my mind. This woman changed my mind. She's well worth a listen. So I hope you tune in and otherwise have a great week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.